Hello, film troopers. Now we are on to part two of Film Marketing Fridays with the topic of Facebook marketing for filmmakers. And without further ado, let's just get into the conversation um, and the Q&A back and forth with guest filmmaker Philip Abraham. And here we go. But yeah. uh, Scott, let me ask you this. You mentioned dentists earlier. Yeah. Uh, so do you think that Coen Brothers model of getting people together, professionals together, screening, let's say, samples, and then giving them an idea through a script or a synopsis or, or just giving them as much info like crowdfunding would to, but it's a physical, you know, mm -hmm. crowdfunding basically instead of a digital. Do you think that model is still something that's I think, feasible? Or well, that, if, you, if you take a step back, like this whole concept of Film Marketing Fridays is to explore deeper the marketing aspect for, you know, a a community of filmmakers that have just been sort of sold one thing, which is like mm -hmm. make your film, get in a festival, find those connections and, yeah. and yeah. make something greater and be discovered. It's the American idol syndrome. It's the talent show syndrome where we're thinking that if we can make something we put online, we'll be discovered. Yeah. It, but that dream has been around since the, the early days of Hollywood with the starlet that worked at a coffee shop that's discovered by a talent agent. You know, mm -hmm. that's been fed to us for so long. So yeah. this concept of the Coen brothers testing anything out or anybody testing anything out is um, the same principles of any business where they, um, if they're going to release a service or product out into the world as a business to be sold and to make money from, uh, they have product testing sometimes, you know, um, right now there's a big movement in the startup, the software startup business world, uh, utilizing Eric Reese, uh, concept of the minimal vial product MVP, which is, software only gives you a little bit of a beta program of how their software is going to work just enough features that 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 it make it work and then the customers get feedback which is why you see like iterations i coming from the video game world many years ago um we would do so much effort to release the first version of the game to to get even if it had full of bugs or whatever it might be but the yeah. second iteration was easier to build because you built the foundation yeah. and then you then you can make it better and better so the concept there is testing it out to a marketplace or an audience or a group of investors is this is still the same age-old sales process of priming your eventual buyer like you mm -hmm. there's because when there's a big money decision that needs to be made um there's a lot of risks and barriers that the buyer or the investor or somebody's buying into what you're doing has to overcome where mm -hmm. they feel comfortable investing in you investing into the project or wherever it might be this yeah. is still the same old sales psychology it doesn't matter what industry you're in the difference when you are dealing with a small price product a five dollar product fifteen dollar product uh, those are impulse buys so you don't need to do as much effort um, in terms of like overselling it you know yeah. you just need to have enough things in place where somebody goes ah it's like well what the hell i'll buy it you know yeah instead of yeah, 10 people trying to get $500 from each. Yeah, that's a little more difficult. Exactly. Yeah. And so my challenge to you is <clears throat> just something, if you get stuck, like one of my things is, um, again, this film was because I had the equipment early, because I, I owned it. A lot of people own their own equipment. Yeah. I was able to make a feature film for $500. My goal to make the next film is not to go bigger. I don't have a desire to make it 10000 25000 
for my next feature film. I have decided like I want to make another $500 feature film Ooh. because I feel like I haven't scratched the surface enough of digging deeper, of challenging myself as a creative person to say there's a format here, there's a there's a world here that can I, I think I can tell a better story. I think I can do a better job. Yeah. And I'm not putting the pressure on myself to try to raise that kind of um, money on crowdfunding or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yet. yeah. Um, a lot of it too stems from in those who are staying with us um, at this hour mark is that uh, at the end of this, I, I, do, I give a free giveaway on Film Trooper. Every week I give to the email list a free video on demand and digital download report because I've taken the time to analyze and study the numbers that because all all independent filmmakers are trying to figure out like, well, a lot of our independent films, that's where we're ending up. We're going to end up on Netflix or whatever it might be. We're going to end up on video on demand. Like a lot of us are not going to see the theatrical release. You know, we're yeah. going to end up in this space. So what are the sales projections of that world? So I can better plan for my film project to my investors. Do you well, do you even think that's uh, sorry to interrupt you? Yeah. Do you think that's even a uh, a good idea to go through tug or something like this, and and uh, is that more just for the sake of having a theatrical, you know, release, or is it actually to make some, you know, income back or to promote the film? Do you, do you think that's even a worthwhile venture? Well, I think that. Um using tug or gather is, you know, they are a service. So their incentive is, um, they need in order to run a business, they need to make money. So they, they need filmmakers to be successful for them to make money. So per ticket, you know, they're hoping that, uh, somebody using their service, uh, allows them to, you know, uh, have more success where they make money. Cause if they have like a bunch of unsuccessful filmmakers using their service, they're not going to be around, you know, maybe they'll make around because they charge uh, like a base fee. Yeah. But the um, right now, there's not a you're not seeing numbers. Uh, it's very rare that an uber independent filmmaker is going to see, if ever, numbers in the the Hollywood standards. Like you're not going to see a twenty million dollar weekend, you know, because a twenty million dollar weekend means that you had your film in over three thousand screens, and most tug and gather things are like you have your movie in one theater. For one night, people or something. yeah, like exactly, you know. And so, it's just the metrics, the numbers aren't working that way. However, you can still make a profit. I made a profit. Again, it was uh, I paid the expense to rent out a small little theater in, in um, you know a couple hundred people that could sit into it in in Portland and made a premiere. And uh, I could use Tug or whatever, but I did it on my own because it was feasible. You could keep those pro the the cost yeah. of the fees. Yeah. So then I was able, I made money. I made a profit, you know, I grossed the, uh, you know, 700 and something dollars. And so, um, when you look at that, you're like, Oh, that doesn't sound like much at all. But if you looked at like a uh, box office mojo and you look, scroll down, like, like the number 100 movie of the, of that weekend or whatever made like $300. So like I, on my own did better than the top 100. <laughs> yeah, when you look at the ratio. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of movies flop. Yeah. They've got 10 million behind them, you know? So the thing is, is uh, the experts are all going to tell you um, that you need a hybrid distribution plan. You're going to have to look at theatrical as an option, as long as it's going to be very calculated that you know how much expense goes into the, the, the theatrical release 
um, through even locally that yeah. you can make money back because it's an event because you have to make sure you get people in the seats. Um, now, marketing wise, make sure you have a crew in place because that's one thing I was able to do. I made sure I had a, 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 a photographer and a videographer and a friend that was interviewing people coming out of the movie. So I knew that if it all went, you know, I didn't make any money, at least content that I was creating from the event, I would be able to market later on, you know? And so those are things that you, as an entrepreneur, would see. It's like, how many ways can I skin this cat? How many ways can I yeah. utilize the event or the materials that I have and, and cross-promote? Yeah, That's probably more valuable than the actual screening, uh, yeah. having all that content to show, hey, there's a big you know, movie premiere and people are coming out and, you know, that, that's pretty impressive to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a so great. So my thoughts on that is, um, because I've seen the numbers on video and demand, if that's the only space, um, really that, uh, the Uber independent filmmaker majority is going to end up putting their film on, um, uh, the returns on it are not that great because it's all based on transactional numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why I have a feeling that's why this concept of your film is an advertisement for something more. If you're only garnering around, you know, 100 to 500 transactions uh, for your movie, um, instead of trying to push a 99 cents price point or a $5 price point or a $20 price point, can you make it more valuable at a $100 price point or a $200 price point? Because at that rate, then you're making in the range, you were able to make back $25,000, $50,000. And yeah. if you utilize your film as an advertisement for something more valuable as a $100 product, um, then it's doable. And so that's where my thought process comes into like, this is how the Uber independent filmmaker can make a middle class living uh, in this concept. So anyway, um, gosh, let me uh, let me keep rolling here. I want to keep, uh, okay, okay. keep, the, keep, the, keep your questions coming here. But by all means, I enjoy the, the conversation. Let's see here. You, uh, okay, make news, yeah. That's right. We asked, like, how do I use my experience with my shorts and festival run to attract investors for my feature? That is definitely a loaded question. But if you can get one yes, that might take you down a road for more yeses, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, I, one, yeah and make it I agree. Yeah, I think that what you were saying about, uh, um, you know, targeting similar types of films for the features to try to get the people who worked on that possibly not even at the top but you know maybe under the producer maybe those people are interested you can reach out to them individually yeah. i think that's a great idea well man, eventually you might be able to get to the uh, top people but it's a it's yeah. a much easier easier way more approachable way to at least get your your mining for information you're mm -hmm. trying to really understand what the what what's going on so just because like somebody might be credited as something, you might realize, oh, that person wasn't really what you think they were, you know, yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff. All right, cool. So we're at the tail end here, which is the theme of the today's show, which is Facebook marketing for filmmakers. Because your yeah. last two questions were, how often do we send out posts on Facebook and email our list about our short film? And lastly, um, uh, how do I grow my email list for my film? And this all kind of ties hand 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 to hand. Okay. Yeah. So the seven step Facebook marketing plan. Okay. Here we go. So, number one, oh no, come on, click. Let's take this. I know. Look at this. <laughs> a second on there. Watch this. I got to do this. 
I'm gonna go back to my fat head real quick. For some reason, this uh, thing didn't click. You know what? Are is are you be, are you doing this on purpose, Scott? No, no. It's so funny because like the the screen won't. Uh, okay, here we go. Watch this now. Now to work. <laughs> I almost feel like can't solo. It's not my fault. You know, can't go to hyperspeed. You know. Well, she's come on. Here we go. Look at this. Audio must be like people going on audio going, oh, this sounds fantastic. <laughs> All right. Come on, baby. Sometimes when I add the animation sections, do you see that now? Okay, Not so yet. Well, uh -huh. Seven it step. Popped up. Just popped up. Okay. So seven step Facebook marketing plan. And uh, as you see here, we're just going to go through it all. Okay. Uh, number, number one is lead magnet. You need to create a lead magnet, meaning that you need to create some ethical bribe, something to offer your targeted audience uh, something wonderful, a value uh, that will bring them onto your email list. Um, not your Facebook page per se just yet, but your email. Yeah. That's the overall goal. The number two thing is after you know what your lead magnet is, and this could be a free PDF, like an ebook on how love is, you know, sacrifice and what that means, or you know, five, ten, ten tips to to live a loveless, uh, a love of a life full of love, or whatever it might be, um, something like that. Or it might be a video series. You might give three great tips away through a video series. Um, it might be a webinar. It might be um, you know a free collection of awesome free photos that somebody can use, or whatever it might be or inspirational quotes um, from world leaders. Whatever it is, is something you give away in exchange for them to be engaged. So then after you know what that product is, or that magnet is, you have to have a landing page or a capture page. Okay. So, meaning like you might be on Facebook and you might put a post out that says, um, you know, get my 10 um, surefire ways to live a... a a life full of love or without sacrifice or what I don't, I'm not too sure trying to work out exactly what that would say. Um, uh, and just click here. And when somebody clicks here, they have to go to a one single page. There's nothing else on the page. There's, no, there's nothing else for them to do other than decide whether or not they want the free giveaway. You know what I mean? So that that's what they call a lead capture page or a landing page. So you don't want to put it on like your uh, website and then your website above has a bunch of menu options. You never want your allow that that potential lead to go anywhere else other than make a decision of whether or not they want to enter their email or not. And so there's a company called Lead Pages uh, that specializes in creating these conversion landing pages that do just that. They have one simple purpose. It's, it's a simple one page with information that, and it's integrated into your uh, email list provider. And it's the, that's the reason why you're online. And if you see an offer that's like, oh, I like that offer, I'll, I'll sign up. You click it, there's, they set it up so you have no other option either to, but to take action, you know? And that's how you want to do your it. your audience for that incentive? Is it film, film fans or is it filmmakers or? Well, that's just it. I think that the, um, uh, that's the big caveat, right? It's, yeah. This one, the first go around was to other filmmakers. Those who would be interested in what a feature film without a crew and made for $500 would look like. That's, that was the sell. 
Okay. The second round of this is not going to be targeting that audience. It's going to be targeting an audience uh, that I have to tap into that has an emotional connection to this concept of letting go of fear. So with yours, um, if love conquers all or love is sacrifice, um, digging deep into what those pain points are, which is why you do your research, spending time and reading comment sections to really understand uh, what that emotional pain is. And then if you can provide a very creative solution to that sim simply by maybe putting curating the best information and because you've done the job of curating, curating that information, that's who you sell to. And now I'll show you later as we get into this, like how uh, Facebook allows you to target those specific lead magnet to. So um, as we get over to the slide share again, oh shoot, I did, I did double click. <laughs> okay. So number one in the seven step Facebook marketing plan is you must create a lead magnet. Number two, you must have a self-contained landing page or a lead capture page that there's only one option to do is either to that person, that potential lead is either going to commit an email address over to you or they're not. Scott, um, um, so mm -hmm. just to clarify yeah. that number two, that can be on our website or that can be on our Facebook fan pages too, right? It can. It can. You you want to have it all over the place because you never know how somebody finds it. But eventually you're going to want to make a standalone page. And I'll, I'll show you what that what I'm talking about. And I can yeah. show it to you okay. right now, actually. Let's see here. Um, yeah. For instance, let's see here. Um, Let's take a look at the, the, my webinar page, right? Okay. That, that makes it easy enough. So, um, okay. You see that, right? Yes. So what happens here is that somebody, even on their phone or something like that, uh, yeah, okay, cool. So you see that. Um, oh, shoot. That's not what I wanted. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to, to, for some reason. Oh. So Scott, is that page apart from your website? No, this is actually separate. Well, what happens is, um, I have this thing, like if I type in filmtrooper.com, that's my main site. And yeah. I have a, uh, the, the URL webinar is makes it easy for people that are to read like, okay, filmtrooper.com forward slash webinar. If I type that in, it actually redirects to my lead pages site. So this is a standalone, uh, what they call opt-in, uh, landing page and it promotes the free webinar, tells you what it is. And it tells you, you know, I do have limited space. I can't have everybody on and it has a countdown or whatever it might be. And it says claim your spot or claim your gift. When you click this, then this pops up, you have one option, you know, you have one option to enter your email address into this. Um, and then they sign up and then it oh. takes them to a thank you page. I, I can do the same thing with um, my free gear guide, which shows the equipment that I use, the equipment list. So if you look over here, this is it. If you go to freegearguide.com, there's only, there's nothing else to do on this site. There's, there is no site. It's one page that tells you, Look, if you want this, then you can download the guide. And then you download the guide. You have one option. That's enter your email to get the guide. You know, 
you're con you're controlling the buying environment or the the buyer's environment to make sure that they commit an email to you um, of what you're offering. So that's what um, what it means by number two, creating a lead capture or a landing page to do just that. Because if you're on your website, like if I click over your phishing um, or your you know Philo Pickens Productions, yeah, this is good. Actually, what you have here is good because the the front page says, hey, if you want to know more, boom, there's a call to action here. But it, you're saying like receive all sorts of goodies. But if you can actually, there's uh, plugins now, like if you're on a page for a while, all of a sudden a pop-up box shows up and it gives I you, <laughs> I know, I, I I don't use it, but it apparently is very good. At but, but there should be some incentive, not just submit yes. and receive all sorts of goodies. It should be more specific and have exactly what, Yes. So okay. now if you looked at buzzed, you know, if you go to your site, imagine there was something here that said like a big option, some link that says, get this free, um, you know, ebook about this topic or whatever the theme is, you know, or the it, making of buzzed. Yeah. How, how making, or, yeah. Something like that. And it's like, okay. When they click on it, then it jumps them to a separate page where they have no, no other option other than to either enter their email or not. There's no other, nothing else clutters their decision to do so. Okay. That's what the, yeah. So that's what they refer to as um, creating a lead uh, capture page or a landing page. Okay. I got you now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the number three is when you're working in Facebook is I should probably, I should, sorry guys. I really need to explain something about Facebook marketing. One, I don't use it yet because Facebook changed their rules um, last year and I wasn't sure whether or not where it was going to go, the policy. In order to make Facebook marketing work for you, you're going to have to pay. And this is what I'm, they are forcing you to pay for ads. So it's okay to pay for ads if you know that you have a funnel system, a sales funnel system in place that Every ad that you pay for, know you have a system in place that maybe every dollar you spend on Facebook, you're going to earn $5 back, you know, whatever it might be. So the organic reach in Facebook is completely stifled and limited. Um, I know people that have um, a fan base of maybe like 50,000 people. And when they put a post on their page, it reaches only about 1%. You might see only like, 200 people liking the page, 10 people commenting on it, you know, even though the page it came from said that 50,000 people liked it. Mm -hmm. um, what Facebook is doing is said, if you want to reach the rest of the people that liked your page, you yeah. got to pay. You yeah. Gotta pay. That's, that's when they started having the promote it, you know, you'll see it promote boost post or whatever it is. That's, yeah. that is, we always wondered how Facebook was going to make some money. That's how they're making the money because you know what? The people that can pay are paying and yeah. they, they have such amazing data on all of us. Um, and data is king and, and they are able to use their, um, programming algorithms to target the ads specifically. Um, so the, the marketers that do have a work for a company or something <clears throat> have the option are really utilizing Facebook to their advantage. Uh, much, much better results than was happened in Google ad spend. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. So with that said, I had the, the caveat here is that 
if you really want to play in Facebook and you want to use Facebook marketing strategies, you have to be ready to spend some money. Not a lot of money, depends. It's all it's all relative. Spend yeah. a lot of money, you might get a lot of results. Spend a little bit of money, you might get any results. I, I mean, you you mentioned that one percent sharing something from a site, even on our fan pages. Yeah. We're not, you know, there may be a hundred fifty people on there. They're not even getting the info, you know, yeah, that exactly. we're posting up. So, yeah. So this is the way. Uh, this is the way Facebook marketing. Um, the, a way to be successful at the strategy of Facebook marketing. And again, this, I want to put a, you know, um, the credit because this actually comes from one of the best Facebook marketers out there, uh, Amy Porterfield. And below is a link to the strategy that she shares. And there's other people that I follow as well, but she seems to have a much, uh, much nicer, concise way of making it happen and, and, and making everybody understand how it works. So yes, so seven step process of the Facebook marketing plan is number one, you create your lead magnet. Number two, you have a standalone lead capture page, landing page. Number three, she says at this particular point, you're gonna wanna create a gotta have it Facebook ad post. Like something, this is like a, a, a news feeds traffic stop that says, oh, I've gotta have this. Especially if your ad was you know, perfectly, um, promoted to the perfect customer. So number four, she says you will send your Facebook ad to that perfect customer. And you're like, whoa, whoa, how, what do I know as a perfect customer? Um, if you, it's interesting because if you had collected somewhat of an email list already for your film project, um, this is where it gets kind of scary because Facebook, believe it or not, you're able to <clears throat> upload that email list into Facebook's database. And they will match it to say, all right, that email list is uh, corresponds to somebody else in Facebook. Mm. So it's like you have this email list that you collected, like, okay, I went to film festivals, whatever. People are interested in my film that gave me their email list. Or online, I give away some giveaways and I collected an email list, but I really want to supersize it in Facebook. So what I do is like, how do I know who the perfect customer is? By uploading your list, you know, Facebook will check. And then you, what you can ask Facebook to do is like, I need a lookalike um, audience to my list that I just gave you. So then when you create a Facebook ad and then you pay to promote, Facebook will say, okay, we will promote your ad to your lookalike audience with all their database. And that's how you try to get more leads of the perfect customer. Because if you already have the perfect customer, because you already have people on your email list, this is how you double down and get more. It's what's crazy is we step back and go, my God, like Facebook has that much data on all of us, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and, and so this is what marketers are doing. And eventually marketers are going to screw it up because they marketers screw up every platform that ever comes around. So just be aware of all that stuff. <laughs> Something else will emerge, you know? Yeah. So for right now, Facebook is very powerful. Yeah. And this is one way the strategy plan of doing so. Um, cool. Let's see here. Should be able to see that. All right. So, oh, what do I do here? Oh, okay. So, yes, uh, the seven-step marketing plan. We do number one, lead magnet. Number two, the lead capture page slash landing page. Number three, you got to create a got to have a Facebook ad post. And number four, you send your Facebook ad to your perfect customer by maybe using the lookalike audience feature of Facebook. And then you only pay for the true leads, like meaning that. When it comes time to use your post, that's where you want to look for. You you don't want to waste your money on promoting to everybody 
because it's just money lost. You know, your your goal is to try to get people on Facebook to click on your ad that sends them to your landing page that says, "Hey, get this free lead magnet." Because yeah. you want them on your email list. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Yeah. So then you can measure the lead system if it's working or not. And, the, and there's crazy way you can measure this because uh, Facebook actually offers like this weird thing where you can take this pixel code and put it on your thank you page. So what happens is when somebody opts in for your free giveaway, mm -hmm. they sign up and they get their email, they are immediately sent to a thank you page of your choosing. And that thank you page tells them what's going to happen next, which is like one, they got to confirm the email address because you want to make sure that it's a real person, not a spam bot or somebody's not using some like a dummy account, you know, some fake email address, you know, they, in order to get the free gift, you got to make sure they confirm that they're a real person, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's that, that way to prevent spamming. So on that thank you page, there's a way that you can take a piece of code that, Facebook gives you, and it's a little tiny pixel that just exists on that page that actually that enough data is then translated back to Facebook and Facebook will tell you in their analytical, um, metrics, whether or not how, how effective your, your Facebook ad was doing. Did it lead, you know, if you, if it, if you paid for an ad that reached 10,000 people and then it said like 3000 people came and actually went all the way through to the thank you page, then you can say, okay, I had a 30% conversion rate. You know, mm -hmm. like, is that good or do I want a higher rate? Like now we're getting all nerdy metrics here, but this is exactly what is offered on Facebook. And this is how the experts are doing it on Facebook. And this is how filmmakers could do it if they have an ad spend account or in their budget of how to utilize Facebook better for, you know, promoting their film. Have the data in front yeah. of them. Well, it's, yeah, it's a way to track it very specifically. So you know that you're not wasting money, you know, like, cool. oh. so, okay, cool. So the next one is, uh, let's see, yeah, you met number six is to measure if the lead system is working. And the mm -hmm. last thing is you have to have a sales funnel in place. Like once somebody gets on your email list, then you really have to have a very efficient email list system or whatever you're offering. Maybe when they sign up for the email list, you're going to give them th three amazing videos or all this bonus extras or whatever it might be because uh, you want them to stay on your list because the, what happens is a lot of people will sign up for something and get the, something free and then they'll immediately opt out. They'll unsubscribe from your list. So it's your job as a content creator to give them more things uh, to make it more valuable to them. Now, because, that if you're using Facebook marketing plan, if you're using, if you're paying for Facebook ads, you you better have some sort of sales funnel in place, meaning that you better have something you're selling. Otherwise, you're just wasting money. You know, the goal is that you're trying to spend money on every lead who gives you more money. Like if you spend a dollar on a Facebook ad and that gives you X amount of leads. Um, you're hoping those X amount of leads convert to at least $2, if not $5 or more, you know, otherwise you're just spending money and not seeing any immediate results that translate into sales. So with that said, um, I'll go to the next slide here. 
So if you want to know what a Facebook, this is Amy Porterfield, and this is her example. So she would use something like this. She gives an outline at the top. She says, join me. It's an invitation. So she's not shouting at you. She's not going, hey, check out my film. Check out my program. She's like, I'm inviting you. Join me. This is what I'm going to be tackling. It's free training. There's seven surefire strategies to get more fans. Click here. So this is all created. So when you're scrolling through your news feed, you can stop on your mobile phone or whatever and go, oh, if this was targeted to your mindset already, this speaks to you. You don't see it as an ad. You see it as a value added. Like, yeah, you know what? I like this. Um, I'm, I'm going to sign up. I want to know more. So you click it. So I took this concept and created my own for my webinar. So the same stupid thing, like my fat face on the other side, and then I get an offer, and, I, and, I, and I'm trying to create some colors that would pop out in the blue-white uh, color palette of Facebook. And in mine was very simple. It's a, a free webinar, 10 things filmmakers get wrong when selling the film online and how to fix them, and quickly said, claim your spot, boom. Really, like, graphic-wise, here's the link. You click it, and that will send you to um, – the sign-up page, and then I show you when the times are or whatnot. Now, the interesting thing is, is because I just posted this to um, my Facebook um, FilmTuber fan page, and I didn't create it as what they call a dark post. So what that means is in Facebook, um, gosh, that sounds so loud. The uh, In Facebook, they have a thing they call dark posts or unpublished posts. So if you have a fan page for your film, you would go into the um, ad manager, and with an ad manager, there's a section called the power editor, and the power editor allows you to craft the, the greatest you know ad you can make in the Facebook um, parameters that look like a regular Facebook post. Were those and, paid ads, or they're just regular posts? At this particular time, when you're using power editor, you will have to pay. Okay, so gotcha. When you're doing a dark, the reason they call it dark post is that you're creating an ad that your fan page will not see so that you're, they're not getting spammed, you know, so they wow. don't feel like you're advertising. But what it does do is it's tied to your fan page um, so that when you are s sending it out to the lookalike audience or a targeted audience, they will see this in their newsfeed. And then when they click it, um, the couple things happen is one, they sometimes automatically become, if they like it, it automatically likes your page, likes your post, likes your page. And the way the ecosphere works or the, the system works for Facebook is that if you are trying to reach somebody that's not a fan of your page, not a fan of your movie page, then you're going to pay a lot more money to reach that fan or those list of people that are not on. But okay. if you can eventually get them on to like your fan page, your movie fan page, then you can retarget and add to them later and pay much less. So Facebook actually encourages you to still get as many likes to your business page, your movie fan page, and then you retarget ads to your list of or people that have already liked your uh, stuff so that you can have a, uh, a lower ad spend. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. So it's like one of those things like, like if you're going to, if you want to, if you want to try to get in front of somebody who has a larger audience than you, that has a larger Facebook fan page than you, then you got to pay. But hmm. if you've done the work and you've supplied valuable, shareable posts and people liked your page, then Facebook re will reward you by the next time you want to advertise to your own fan page then they'll ch charge you less.
<laughs> so there's a strategy there of trying to create stuff that engages people to like your page. Um, but the real thing is then you got to do that extra step because you got to get them onto your email list. Because when they're on your email list, then you can really give them value. And then you really know whether or not they're a true fan or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, let me see what else here. I want to show you. Um, oh, where did it go? Didn't. Scott, how often should we be uh, oh, often? Yeah. emailing our audience? I mean, I know that's kind of subjective. I mean, but we want to keep them engaged, but we don't want to over, over email them, right? Yeah, you know, um, it depends on what your – I think it's quality. The quantity is important. If you can do – maybe the golden rule is like try every other week. Yeah. You know what I mean? What every other week. Just so that it's two – twice a month, right? Yeah, let's okay. do twice a month. Let's start that. If you can't, then eventually get to once a month. I mean once a month, once a week. Um, the reason being is like for me, for Film Trooper, I, I realize, okay, I've set this up just recently uh, where I offer the free video on demand and digital download report. Mm -hmm. So in order to make that happen, I realized I got to come up with this weekly email list. I'm still not very good at it. I'm still, I am fumbling and bumbling trying to figure out how best to serve the film trooper community. And I, I also like these sessions here. I want to figure out how to do a better recap of them and share that in the email list. So that way the, the emails when they come out are really valuable that they know like every week, I'm going to get an update on Film Marketing Fridays. I'm going to get uh, a free digital uh, VOD report. You know, to me, that says that's value that I can give to the community on a weekly basis. Now, if I'm doing a film project and I have my film, maybe just every other week is just suffice. Just let them know, like, it exists. But you really want to create something where somebody has to open your email. And there has to be something wonderful in there. You know, it's so it's 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 a struggle. It's a it's an art form. And believe me, there's marketers left and right that are still trying to figure this out. And the people, the experts are selling courses on it. There's a whole art form of how to engage and keep your audience engaged with email because um, you really ideally want to get to that place where I'm excited to see, you know, Philip's email. Oh, I want to know what's going on in the film. Perhaps what you could do is th this is coming, you know, Structure an email campaign where you know you're going to give out an email every other week, mm -hmm. you know, twice a month, for three months to six months. And yep. within that time, you can construct perhaps a cliffhanger. Something to make it like season one of your email, <laughs> of your email campaign. Season one of your email campaign. What does that mean? Like uh, anything to keep them engaged. Because uh, what you want out of the emails is when you send them is give them fun, fun, valuable information. But is there a way to create like a cliffhanger like we're used to seeing in movies, but in an email format? Um, and that could be the story of like, you know, we're waiting to hear back. If we got in the uh, South by Southwest. Dun, 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 dun. We'll let you know, like or, or like my anxiety or something like that. People want to know. And then if you want to know more, then always have a call to action on your emails that say reply back. Or uh, let me know what you think or ask a very specific question. Like, what do you think uh, between these two posters? You know, the idea is that you're trying to continue engagement with your audience. And it actually prevents spam. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what, what it also does, really what you want to do is the first email that you send somebody when they sign up for your email 
address or for the free giveaway is always end it with a really simple question. Um, like what is your favorite movie of, of this genre or whatever might very specific and tell them in the email, go ahead and reply back to this email. I'd love to hear from you. Cause what happens is what you're trying to do is get immediate engagement. If somebody replies back to the first email, then what happens is it also helps prevent ending up in their spam folder. Okay. Yeah. So, because once well, somebody replies, how does it prevent the spam uh, going to the junk or spam folder? Well, sometimes um, the way emails come through when an email service like an Aweber or a Mailchimp or Infusion, um, uh, people are using Gmail. If they haven't properly um, organize their email inbox because right now by default when somebody signs up for gmail or the new settings are you have your general inbox but there's also social a tab for social and social and a tab for promotion oh. and sometimes like gmail just might automatically throw it to one of those tabs or folders you you yeah. don't know it and or in some of them some emails that i've signed up for still end up in spam i didn't know it until like months later i look in there i'm like yeah. And the, but once you have somebody reply back to your email, that triggers the uh, the indicators of the G, uh, the email service to say this person wants these emails. They if they're replying back, that they it's not it won't be considered spam. It's but, just, but it's already going into their spam, right? Well, um, so like for example, right now uh, to give you a specific example. We've got an open rate at about 69, 68%, which what's happening to that 30 some percent or, you know, are they, they're not getting the email, it's going into junk. How do I get them to know or how do I notify them or let them know? Sorry. Uh, no, you're good, you're good. How, how do I get that 30% to open the emails? Because well, it's consistently yeah. that open rate. First of all, that's fantastic. If you're getting sixty percent, that's amazing conversion <laughs> open rate. That is amazing. Line. But yeah. still, but the thirty percent what happens is um, one in the metrics that you see, you can actually then send them a private email directly, just to okay. say, okay. "Hey, I'm just checking to make sure that the emails we're sending you um, have not ended up in spam." Uh, um, if that's you know if that's the case then go ahead and just reply back to this email to let me know that you're still interested um or you know or that, so once they reply back then you know like okay i have the same thing i have the metrics in my email uh mailchimp that show like wait a minute um like like it, it says like people aren't opening or very unengaged so they want to email them directly with a straight non-fancy nothing which is a straight up like general email I just asked them to reply back if they still want to continue getting the emails because uh, I was trying to clean up the email list. Um, and I had a handful reply back like, oh, yeah, I love it. I keep seeing everything. And I'm like, but it doesn't register that way when I see it in the metrics. So you yeah. don't really know. <laughs> and one of the great takeaways. Um, they from, could be just looking at it through their, you know, how you can click the yes. email but not open Right, right, right. That could be it. But it, whenever you can, every email, if there's an opportunity to promote engagement, promote people replying, 
Yeah. Um, that'll just make it stronger. Because that's that, such that, a no-brainer, Scott. I never even thought about that. <laughs> you, you always think with the email campaigns, you're just informing your audience. Yeah. I really didn't even consider that aspect of engaging them, having them respond, asking questions. I hadn't even thought of that. That's that's great advice. And that you know, again, this comes from the experts. I'm like, I'm I'm curating it and I'm applying it. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But if you get in that habit of just being in that mindset and that mind and developing your funnel system, your email system that way, mm -hmm. um, you're set, at least you're setting yourself up for greater success, you know, yeah. as yeah. opposed to not. So, um, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, what do I do here? I want to show you uh, real quick. Um, people are wondering like oh gosh well how do you use like the power editor how do you set up a facebook ad um in this slide presentation here um this particular fella has a very simple th three videos like 10 minutes each where he shows you how to create a dark post how to set up a facebook ad and that's at this link here again uh, all the stuff is available in the show notes it's available in this these pdf slides that are available when the show's all finished you can download them so um and i'll make sure to send this to you as well uh, Philip, so you have it. So you can just see if you go down this road of wanting to spend money on Facebook ads, this is how it would work. Okay. And uh, let's see, what do we have here? Oh, we're kind of near the end here. We had an epic run. I may actually have to break up this session. It's into, been long. Yeah, yeah we're going to break it up into two parts just Very to make it palatable. So. Very <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I think I might have to do that. But uh, okay. part one, part two. Um, but with that said, let me, sh uh, before we wrap it up, there's a lot of questions, a lot of stuff to go over. Um, I kind of just did a once over about the Facebook strategy, but as long as people understand the, the, the general concept, which is, um, it's all aimed as a way to promote back to your list so that yeah. you have control and within the world of your list, believe me, that's a whole nother discussion that I'm probably gonna have to have on film marketing Fridays, which is like, all right, this is how you set it up. And this is sort of the sequence that is recommended of how to keep them engaged, how to, you know, keep value and maybe just keep it like simple because of like a five, seven part email series that eventually ends to a sale of your film bundle. Because what you, what you, what we're all trying to do is create these systems. So like you make your film, you make buzzed, you create a sales system funnel around it where it advertises something that's a little bit more expensive. Maybe it's a $7 product, $25 product, whatever it might be. And then you create your emails to lead to that eventual sale. And then if you have a system in place, then you can promote on any of the social media platforms to lead them back to your lead magnet page. They have, they opt in, they get a bunch of free value. And in the process, you're priming them to be like, become fans of what you're doing. So when eventually by the fifth email that you re release to them automatically with your automation system, it simply says now for a limited time, you can get this, you know, movie bundle that we made and this book or whatever it is for seven, 10, $25, okay. you know, but it only, this special offer only lasts for an X amount of time. You have to create that sort of urgency for them to, to take some sort of action. Now, if you can fine tune and be, and get that system in place, what happens is you made it once and what they call evergreen. 
then you can move on to your next film project, your, your efforts. You just know this exists. And then, you know, days down the line, you might just, you know, months down the line, weeks down the line, you might just start looking and go, oh, we made another sale. Not because you didn't do anything. Just because of organically, because you've already created a system in place, you might start seeing sales kind of come in here and there. I still well, see sales. Where are you in. selling it, though? On your website or? Well, yeah, you just sell it through your email. Think about it. Oh, okay. So check this out. So like I um, sign up for your email list, but because you gave me some great giveaway, because it was like, oh, I don't know. The, the, you targeted me specifically because you're selling something. Like maybe it's a book on uh, seven funniest romantic, you know, you know, tips for your wife or whatever. Or like, okay. So I bought, I bought into it, but because it was so well-made and it was tied into this movie that looks interesting um, that you sell, that, that, you, that you're, you create an environment for the buyer to be like, oh, this is interesting. But then the email list that I, I, I'm on your email list, you ask me to engage or you ask me a very poignant questions that I respond to and then I get some feedback. So I feel like I'm communicating with a real person. I'm not being spammed at by some email marketing machine. There's yeah. like some real engagement. So then all of a sudden, you were saying, look, I got three great videos for you. You're going to love them. They're super funny, but they have a point. There's a, there's something of value that you can get out of this, some tips or whatever. So I watch these short videos that you made and they happen like once um, every other day. So within a week's time, two weeks time, I've gotten used to what you're offering and I enjoyed what you offered. So, you know, maybe the next two meal emails after that, like a, a couple of days or a week later, um, just offer more value, but they're still part of your theme, your marketing message. So it's all part of the the same psychology of the whole reason I jumped on. And okay. then, and then maybe the last email of that series is simply like, you know what? Th it's been such a fun ride, you know, sharing this stuff with you. Um, we we this is I, well, I want you to say that there's an offer going on of a limited time offer. You can get this bundle that includes. Uh, you know, the book or this video series um, on top of the film that, you know, that sparked this whole thing to happen. And um, and then you can throw in there like, you know, support any film or whatever it is, or give that guilt thing, you know, whatever the sales message, message is okay. right there in the email is I click it and that sends me to a sales page and the, the checkout page and you can use a service. Um, you can sell it directly through VHX. They do a really good job of bundling things. You can use that service. You can use a service like gumroad.com. Makes it really easy. I sell my book bundle uh, not only on Amazon, but mostly through, uh, and also on Gumroad because they make it easy for you to upload digital products. Your film. That's, um, gum, R-O-A-D? Uh, yeah, gum and then road. Just G-U-M-R-O-A-D. Gumroad. Okay. So within your email, the whole sequence was enjoyable and i see like a limited time only okay uh, maybe you don't take maybe you don't click it right away then you send out like another reminder right like an hour before the deal ends just letting you know the, the deal ends in an hour oh okay 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 i'll make sure i get it because the price point works out or whatever it is and so you have that system within your email um and wow. that way you don't have to be out there pushing it you know the sales bundle by itself, like on Twitter or Facebook, you know, like come what check about, it out or buy it. What about selling it through um, like crowdfunding? What, what's your thoughts on that? Like it'll, 
Like yeah. you're offering the promotion, the crowdfunding has a time limit, and yeah. you push everybody towards there to check out and choose from the five options that you have. You know, you could do that too. Again, there's no rules, but the, the same right. concept holds true. The difference is with email, you have a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with somebody because it's email is this format that is still like somebody's got to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like it's not like social where yeah. I can flip through a couple tweets and never see them or yeah. say Facebook or Instagram. All It's all fleeting. But with, yeah. with email, all of us have to deal with that crap every day. So if you have, if your email is not part of the crap pile and it's valuable to that person, there's an actual, there's actual physical action that needs to take place within that relationship. With crowdfunding, it could happen. But again, what happens with the email system, which is why the all the experts say that we really need to still work on email, mm -hmm. it's it's part of the primer of creating the ultimate buying environment. With crowdfunding, you're directing somebody to a page, and then you only have one page and some videos to make your sales pitch. Yeah. I may not be in the right place or right mindset to say, I might go to your crowdfunding page and see like, oh, it's day 29 of 30. Ah, I'll come back. You know what I mean? Like I might see it, but then you're going to have to make me come back again somehow to that crowdfunding page near the end to say, hurry up. It was the last minute where all this stuff is going out fast. Then maybe I do that. But, but it's taking me out of the context where, you know, with an email, it's all self-contained. If you can create that self-contained world, and make it real simple in the email, like here it is, special deal, ends in one hour, click here. Okay. You know what I mean? It's okay. You know where we started with the lead magnet where we yeah. yeah. page, like there's nothing else to do other than give your email address. Yeah, you don't want to create too many distractions. Yes. You're trying to create that buying environment where there's nothing else to do, but okay, I'll buy it. Okay. So just stuff to think about. <laughs> Great stuff to think about. Yeah. I mean, I think, oh, man, just that idea of engaging an audience, how no-brainer is that? Because for some reason, I only applied that to Facebook mm -hmm. and the social media. Yeah, I never really uh, thought of that concept for emailing. Yeah. Weird. It's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's it, once you see it start working, it's cool. Like, it's funny. I, <clears throat> I'm aware of all the concepts as I'm curating and I'm – you know, sharing this stuff with the film trooper community. Um, it's a, it, I think everybody needs to know it's a total different world when you're trying to apply it because sometimes yeah. something, some people just are able to shoot faster and grow this faster because mm -hmm. they might have a subject or a film or their trailer just hits the right demographic of people that just goes wildfire. You know, um, right now I haven't done enough with my film products to, to see, I'm just, I'm, building the plan and making the next film, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, everything I'm doing is I'm doing for the film trooper side of things, but you can imagine I'm going to sort of uphill battle with film trooper because it's trying to define this concept of, well, what are you talking about? Uber independent filmmaker. And what do you mean our film is an advertisement? And what do you mean? We're not selling the film because I am an uphill battle against years, years of traditional thinking. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I have to, I, I'm coming at it from a completely different angle, yeah, uh, and trying to apply it to a very specific group of people, and like those who do want to pursue 
the world of the film markets, the world of, of, you know, raising capital of soft mm -hmm. money, hard money, private equity. There is a world and there's so many amazing experts out there that, that play in that world that I can direct people to, but yeah. I have to, I'm at this uphill battle of like, this is my little message. This is the line in the sand that I've drawn to say, guess what? I am not interested in making just yet those big budgeted movies because I've had that experience. I'm really interested in these tiny things because I personally am trying to build a lifestyle business. I'm, yeah. I don't live in Hollywood. I don't live in Southern California anymore. You live in Austin. I live in Portland. I'm trying to build a business through my art that allows me to live a middle-class living. You yeah. know, that's what yeah. I'm doing on a regular basis. Sustainability. So, yeah. 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 And, um, that is what's interesting to me. Um, and so, you know, I still want to say uphill. There's a lot, there's a lot that I have to figure out what my marketing message is to best um, sell that or create the buying environment for other filmmakers to go, yeah, you know what? I'm in the same boat. I have the same pains. How, how do I do this? You know? What, what, yeah. What you said last week was uh, I think pretty telling that uh, on, on last Friday's, Mm -hmm. Film marketing Fridays, you were discussing how most of the audience that you're dealing with are are uh, a little bit older, not in their early twenties. They're they're later twenties or in the thirties, and I think you know that's because you know after a while you've got a more realistic idea of of the whole perspective of of this industry. You know, yeah. And, you know, waiting around for somebody to choose you is not really a very smart way to go about doing things. And, yeah. you know, the 20 year old is uh, still has that idea and they're still going out there in the old model when you would assume that they would be the ones on the, the you know, cutting edge of it, trying to figure out, you know, what are these non-traditional ways of, uh, of getting your films out there, you know. Yeah, that, so, it's, yeah, it's a it's a re-education. It it is a pill battle, you know. And kind of, it's funny, kind of going into that the uh, the show Shark Tank. Um, they always like don't invest into a product or a business that they know they have to re-educate a consumer base. Yes, um, yes. like it's easier to jump into uh, a parade that's already has tons of people involved with it. Like mm -hmm. the cooking industry or the cookbook industry or fitness, health and fitness, you know, like that kind of stuff. The um, <clears throat> filmmaking is interesting, especially the this level, um, because um, the the blogs that do well are uh, talking about certain film festivals. So we get, you know, news items from people that are making it part of the prominent film festival that are working in this sub industry of Hollywood or film gear you know, equipment, like th those are the two worlds that are, are, are thriving. But when you yeah. get into like film marketing or film strategy or film business part of it, yeah, there's, then the numbers just go, <laughs> go down a lot more. <laughs> Cause that's left to the independent, which is like a million or 5 million, you know, yeah. in that range what they yeah. consider independent, which is ridiculous. <laughs> those are not independent you know yeah it's uh that's why i kind of define it in, in the webinar i put on it's like definitely try to clarify what my goal is for the uber independent filmmaker yeah isn't that funny how that word independent filmmaking has been co-opted it's something else yeah. now 
Yeah. It's almost a genre. I know that some people say, well, what is indie film? It's almost yeah. like a genre unto itself. Like it's, yeah. so anyhow, let me uh, wrap up. We've hit like a two hour mark. So what I'm going to do is I will break this up into two parts. Okay. Um, to make it more tangible. So you hear on the podcast, like part one, then part two. And, um, but Scott, can I ask you one yeah. quick question? I just want to ask you uh, about the audience. So if I'm dealing with creating some sort of lead mm -hmm. and I'm creating a package, like you said, the cube, you're specifically working towards filmmakers. That's the audience. So the first, yeah. first wave. Yeah. That was my first wave of marketing. Yeah, The first wave. And so right now I've got an audience and the email uh, list that are, sorry for all those beeps. <laughs> For all the audience, they're basically mixed up. It's filmmakers and it's it's film fans. So yeah. who should I be uh, creating these bundles for? Should I do it like you're doing and having a first wave of filmmakers and then maybe later on doing it towards film fans? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that – I think you just try. You, the, the easiest thing to do for you is – just ask your audience. I mean, the, honestly, just send out an email, a heartfelt email, maybe a short video of you speaking into the camera, saying okay. thank you so much for being part of this list. I go, I'm at a crossroads. I need to expand it. You know, and these, let me tell you, like, this is the theme of the movie. This is the reason I was connected to that theme. This is the reason why I made the film. He goes, and I would like to share this message with other people or whatever it might be. Or you can say, I made the film because I was really passionate about filmmaking. And I was passionate about this process of doing this. And I would like to share with you my journey and me learning all this stuff. So what it is, is it allows the audience to go, all right, cool. He's really passionate either about the message of the film or he's passionate about the process of making it and he's going to share us his journey. Then that is what your marketing message is going to be. You know, and, and that, and that, because that way it's going to sustain you because it's what you really are interested in. Um, the interesting thing is like someone like um, Quentin Tarantino is made a career at basically being the ultimate film geek. Yeah. And somebody, somebody who loves films so much of, uh, of all over the world of different films. I mean, he just geeks out on cinema all over the place, like Martin Scorsese before him and his films are a celebration of his geekiness of yeah. films. Like he's the only one I know that really that comes to mind that has totally scored, you know, the brass ring, the holy, you know, the, the gold, you know, chalice or something from this concept. Yeah. Because a lot of other people in the film space, uh, one of the people I follow on YouTube, the, the guys, you know, Ryan, uh, for his last name, of uh, Film Riot, just love what they do. Just, oh, yeah. They yeah. do such great fun videos of showing you how to make, you know, awesome visual effects and movies. Um, and then he shares with you sort of like his process of making his films. He's got that fast uh, communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The interesting thing about it, there's the translation between those who follow him for his how-tos are not as large as those who eventually, it doesn't always translate to sales of his short films. So it's something to think about. It's like, it's um, uh, Ryan Koo of nofilmschool.com. Same way. Yeah. He started the blog of No Film School. And he's uh, shared his journeys of his film, his short film, leading to a feature film. This large audience of No Film School 
it doesn't necessarily translate over to his own individual projects um because it's it's you know because the people are there for no film school or there for the discussion of film gear film gadget independent film uh, the people on film riot are there to learn about how to you know so you need to figure out like where your desires are what's going to keep you sustained interested in and it may just be your own personal curiosity of the process but there might be a deeper um question that you have as a filmmaker of stories so there might be a, an overall theme when i mentioned earlier in this the session of what your theme is what your elixir is that is what you're exploring that's your journey to find out what that is and sharing that with your audience may be what's going to sustain you um uh throughout because if you just if you go down a path where you're just trying to promote and sell but the the film buzzed and its theme you might have some interest in it but maybe not enough interest to keep it sustained for a long time so yeah. Yeah. for you have an opportunity to to bear your soul to your audience and your email and should, ask should them, the audience be split uh, i don't you know what i think you're probably at the beginning stages of it already that's okay that if some people leave or don't leave but i think that the beautiful thing about all stories or cinema is that a film about something completely remotely different than what we ever expect to be interested in can be very interesting to us if the story is told well right you like you know there might be i don't know like say i have no interest in um soccer you know whatever it is like like maybe it's something like that but because somebody present a movie a story because um i i'm interested in the character overcoming the the general theme of the underdog overcoming adversity mm -hmm. then i'm bought into the story no matter what the context the style around it is you have an opportunity to be that story which is like um you know philo pickens you know philip abraham this is why i'm making these films this is what i got out of it but i'm interested in this bigger journey and i would yeah. love it for you to follow along with me and I'm, i want to share with you and want to give you value what i learned or like i want to share the bits and pieces of elixir that i've discovered and i come down and i share with you and join me in this journey what it is is then you will become you will build that fan base because people are interested in you you become the personal brand let's take a look at a bigger case scenario which is kevin smith yeah. kevin smith because he was so charismatic and honest and funny in his q and a's of his films won over an entire huge fan base so mm -hmm. he has the gift of gab he just talks a lot and he's very good at it so when he makes his film sometimes those audience translates over to watching him and supporting him but it's not always like a hundred you know his conversion rate to that is probably not anywhere near 68 percent or whatever you know but the people that follow him enjoy him for what he is he becomes a fan that way um well, he did like a stand-up special yeah like, exactly type thing so it's like what <laughs> so you have an opportunity with a small audience to grow you know over and over with your email list to to share that world to okay. and honestly um these hangouts with my face in front of the audience is a means of personal branding because i want people to know who i am in case in case i write something or i put a video together it might be misconstrued but this is this honest conversation back and forth is i hope that people when they meet me in person go oh my god you're exactly like you are on those hangout sessions
Like, I, I don't want to make any difference. I want to make sure that people know, like, oh, that's that guy. But but I want to make sure people see that there's an earnest desire. Like, I'm fueled by trying to help answer your questions because whatever, like, I don't have the answers, but I like this concept of let me be the guy that can try to find those answers for other filmmakers and see if we can't crack this code together. Like, you know, okay. I like that. And, and the more people that come on, like yourself, other filmmakers, the more it fuels me to, to, to try to find the answers. Like, uh, this Facebook example, I, like, I, like I said, I don't do Facebook marketing because I'm not at a place yet where I can spend money in my sales system, but I'm aware of it. And because of your questions that came in, it forced me to like create a little presentation of like, well, how would this work? You know what I mean? I like that because then somebody else might come up with a question next week of like, well, Hey, how to use Pinterest? Like, Oh my God, I don't know how to use Pinterest. Like I, now I'm going to have to figure out how to use Pinterest, you know? <laughs> challenge yeah 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 it's i i enjoy the the challenge and the opportunity to serve and the opportunity like again that all of us have is to decide what audience we want to serve and yeah. i do find quite a bit of enjoyment working with you know older filmmakers uh that are seasoned that have a deeper desire to learn more about this stuff and yeah. i like it because it's the opposite of sort of that cynical bitter um <clears throat> jealous filmmaker that sometimes mm. comes about in the independent film world yeah and um so it's act actively trying to learn and improve ourselves yeah yeah so that my friend is about all um i i don't know if there's if I answered your question about yes how to split your uh audience don't ask me really yeah. ask your yeah. audience definitely just, just bring it to them when it when in doubt ask your audience you know okay so cool Awesome, Scott. Scott, I just want to say thank you so much. <laughs> I am a film trooper, and I've been a fan of uh, all the important resources you've been giving filmmakers, and I appreciate that, and your sincerity, and uh, just everything you have uh, have uh, basically provided for the Uber filmmaker is uh, invaluable. So you're very humble about it, saying that you're just <laughs> aggregating this info, but the you know the information's everywhere, but it's 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 how you aggregate. That's what's most important. So I really do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be continuing to, uh, get your guru like advice. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, well, with that said, I have to, this is my version of paying the bills. Like if, uh, if you stuck around for hour one and hour two, then please, um, you don't go away empty handed. So this is check this out. So here it is. My little slide that says, don't go away empty handed. I do offer a free video on demand and digital download report. So if you need VOD sales projections, then all you have to do is sign up and get this free report. It's a weekly report and um, you'll see the analysis of a VOD, a VOD and digital download numbers. And you'll see my analysis and case study on the 1% rule. And uh, this is all free to you over at freevodreports.com. And that's it. And that's right. all we have for this week on uh, Film Marketing Fridays. I really, really appreciate my guest, you know, Philip Abraham, and check out his stuff in the links below. And I'm excited to see where his journey takes him. And you're always welcome to come back on. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to more episodes coming up. Awesome. That's it, you guys. Thank you so much. Bye.